Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology. We take theology and bring it to the streets. Part two of Cycles of Life. We started this last week in the book of Ecclesiastes. This is part two. I hope you're enjoying the sermon. It's a challenging sermon, if I may say so, by God's grace. So part two of the Cycles of Life. If you are not a Christian, this is all you get. This is it. A cycle of life. That's all you get. It, it gets, and, and then what happens? What happens? You die. Think about it, Carolyn. That's all you get. And, and the thing is, if you are not a Christian today, that's it. The question is, if you truly are a Christian, how are you living your life? Do you get caught up in these cycles of life? The best job, the biggest bank account, the best car. This is a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be because why, Steve? Time and chance can happen to anyone at any time. And I think the writer's going to challenge me first on this, that it can. And like I said, even the sun struggles to read its destination. Okay, Pink Floyd. You guys Pink Floyd fans? I knew Bob. I knew already Bob was putting up his thing. I want you to listen. You familiar who, you know who Roger Waters is? Roger Waters, the lead singer of Pink Floyd. He's, he's a writer. And here's what he says. The song is named Time. It says, you run and you run to catch up with the sun and it's sinking and racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. I'm going to say that again, because I heard a wow. You like that, Devon? You're going to go buy a Pink Floyd CD? Could you imagine Devon riding around her car listening to Pink Floyd? But then you... (laughs) What'd you say, Ben? You run and you run to catch up with the sun and it's sinking and racing around to come up behind you again. The sun is the same in a relative way, but you're older, shorter of breath, and one day closer to death. Ray Ortland Jr. depicts that our greatest achievements can be our biggest illusions. Now, now hear that. Our greatest achievements can be our biggest illusions because at the end of the day, they will slip right by your hands because life is not promised past today or past five minutes. And we don't think like that enough because we're just... Listen, Chief is going to probably not come here anymore, but I'm, uh, but, and I love Chief. And technology is so important. We know that. Everybody loves their cell phones and stuff. But this stuff just keeps us so busy, so occupied, that we don't realize what's going around us. We don't realize that, 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 that we are just in this cycle of life. And if we don't get off that Ferris wheel, time and chance could happen to anyone 
at any time. So the challenge is, Kathy, it doesn't matter because I can give you a gospel message out of Ecclesiastes. There's the gospel in there. And we're going we're gonna to delve it every week. But at the end of the day, if life is just life to you, it's 80 and out and it goes fast. It goes fast. And, and, and the thing is, the, the writer here is a challenging dude, especially to myself. So rightly depicts in verse 6 and 7, the wind keeps swirling, the water continues flowing, but as Roger Waters depicted, you're one day closer to death. You're one day closer to death. Because all we are is breath, the vapor, casting crowns, a flower quickly fading. Here today, gone tomorrow. You know, I, I, I see Mary shaking her head and Mary's... Mary's always been an encouragement to me, but I remember she, when I first started to know her, and she just says, Pastor, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Because life was just not a cycle to her. There was meaning in life. See, the writer of Ecclesiastes, he finds no meaning in this. He, what, what really makes his thinking so profound is he's got an answer. He's basically saying, there's nothing in this life. It doesn't mean anything. And we got problems with that. Because we love this life. And I'm not saying you're not to love life. I know that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to cash your ticket in one day. And there's no guarantees when that's going to be. So you're saying, man, I'm, you know, see, I'll really tell, I'll really tell all the people that really love me if they continue to come week after week listening to the book of Ecclesiastes because it's a challenging book. It, it really is a challenging book. And for the writer to, 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 to put this down and pen it as divine workmanship is, is amazing. Right? Verse 8 tells us that we're never satisfied. Look what it says. All things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. So the only people that commit suicide in this world are poor people, right? The only people who take drugs in this world are poor people, right? People who just have it terrible. Look at your suicide rate. Look at influential people, influential people, money and fame and fortune. Doesn't fill the void. The eye is is never, uh, doesn't have enough to see. The ear is never filled with hearing. It doesn't fill the void. Something is missing. Something is missing. I mean, what, look at that language, Ron. I mean, look what it says. I mean, look at, look at this. I mean, this is, this is so for today. Um, all things are wearisome. Man is not able to tell it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. The ear filled with hearing. We're never, our eyes, our ears are constantly being filled with the pictures and noise of the world. See, that we're always looking for satisfaction. What was once, I don't know, Bob, way back in the Bob, I don't know, you're singing over there. You know, what was that one artist? We're looking for, for love in all the wrong places. 
And here we're looking for things in all the wrong places. You know, we get worn out. Um, the noise of the world, our news cycles are never ending. Our phones are constantly ringing. Our emails, our text messages, we can't get enough. We get worn out, but we need to stay connected. And we, we don't, we just want more and more and more. And then the question, time and chance could happen to anyone. At any time, at any place, at any minute. My New Testament question Are you ready? Carolyn, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And as Christians, what I want to do is I want want us, I want me first to challenge if we are truly people of God. Are we truly God's people? That's the question. Look at verse 9 and 11. Seattle explains as mentioned, these verses clarify the argument by summing all that has been said in the previous verses, saying that human beings and forces of nature all participate in routines and there seems to be no breakthrough despite the toil. And despite the appearance of routine, it is impossible to figure out what will happen. No one will tell what will happen in the future. Nobody. This is what sin has done to the world. And as we have mentioned, the creation continues to groan concerning God's final redemption. Creation is groaning to get back to normalcy. Creation itself, Romans 8, is groaning to get back to a normal state. But we see this world as, as, as great and, and good and, 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 and all of that is okay. One thing the writer of Ecclesiastes is going to do, Rachel, for you, for you, for you, for me, for Carolyn, for Kathy, for the visitors from Wisconsin, from North Dakota, it's going to give you, it's going to challenge your perspective on life. It's going to ask you to put things in perspective. And sometimes you just need to do that. Am I truly secure Now, if you're truly saved, if you are truly a Christian, you're secure in your salvation. Please hear me on that. The question the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying, we need to ponder things. We just don't come up and say a prayer. Though prayers are good. But we want to make sure that, Kathy, we are living in the faith. Living in the things of God. It's a challenging, because at the end of the day, look at how much time he, look at how much time he uses to try to figure out life under the sun. Use a lot of time, a lot of energy. My question is to you, what kind of time are you using in studying your word, being in the things of God, being amongst the people of God, if this is your life? If this is your life, because listen, at the end of the day, if it's not your life, then you just live in a cycle. Get the better job, get more money, the better girlfriend. If I don't like this wife, I'll get another one. I mean, these things happen. I mean, this is what the writer is talking about. So so here's, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Despite the appearance of routine, it's impossible to figure out what will happen. No one can tell what will happen in the future. This is what sin has done to the world. Now go to Ephesians 5. Now watch this. Here's how we close this out today. 
Has anybody been awakened from a dead sleep? You know, you right, Gene, you're sleeping and all of a sudden you just get jarred, right? I want to say this right. The born-again experience is a work of who? God, the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. When someone becomes saved, it should jar them. It should jar them to the point to look at the life that you had led before into the life that now you're alive or awakened in the Spirit. And it's an important thing. If you have not been jarred, if, if you, I want to say this rightly, if you have not been hit over the head with a sledgehammer, then I beg you and I beg me to see if God has really awakened you. Because when you get awakened to the truth, you know you're on a road to hell. And that's, I want you to hear what Paul says here as we close out this section. My question is to me first, have you been awakened? That's the question. Now watch what Paul says in Ephesians. Where am I at, Ashley? Five? I can't hear you, Ashley. I, five, starting five and 15. 14. 14, right? 5 and 14, yes. It's frozen, don't worry about it, I got it. That ain't going to stop the sermon. 14 says this. For this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but is wise. Watch this. Making the most of your time because the days are what? Evil. They're evil. Right? So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now let me tell you what Paul is saying. This goes back to our song, to be awakened, O sleeper. This denotes a spiritual awakening to the fact that the days are evil. And the premise is to be careful. The premise is that you're walking on a mind. You're actually, it's a, it's a premise of being careful. You're walking on a mind. If you are in the, if you are not awakened by God the Holy Spirit, you're walking on a landmine. You're walking on a landmine. You never know when it's going to explode. This is explosive language in the fact that you're walking on a landmine if you've not been awakened. And it's like crossing the street. You have to look both ways. Verse 16 tells us we must, I love this. Verse 16 says, make the most use of your time. You know what that means? Buy back your time. This is a giant, Paul is amazing here. Here's what he says. How many years, let me, let me look at myself. I'm 62. <clears throat> I know I don't look it. No, I'm only kidding. 
Let me tell it, right? I'm 62. I've been a Christian now for maybe 13 years. 14 years, maybe. Maybe 13 years. So for 50 years, 48 years, you know, let me start when I'm like eight or nine. For 40 years, I was living for the devil. Living for the devil. The Bible says to make the use of your time. Buy back the time. So the 40 years I was living for the devil, now I got to buy back that time in the things of God through the Spirit. Think about the 40 years I was living for the devil, and now that God has saved me, I got to buy back that time. You got to buy back. How many years did you not serve the Lord? How many years? The Bible says, make the use or buy back that time. So, man, I got 40 years to make up in the things of God. And this is the the language here. Make the use or buy back the time. My question is, are you buying back the time? That's the question. Because the days are evil. They're short. The world, as we study, is a facade. It's evil. Contrary to the will of God. It has no eternal value. One writer depicts, do not... Show the world that much respect. Because it will destroy you. It will destroy you. Because you know why? Because it's slip sliding away. Verse 17 depicts, don't be foolish. In other words, have a proper perspective on the world. Understand the world as we've just read it. It's a vicious cycle. Havel of Havel. Do not be foolish, but wise. This is God's will for us. Look at verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine. Right? You want me to give you, want me to tell you what I believe that is? Don't get rocked to sleep. Don't get rocked to sleep with the things of the world, whether it's wine, whether it's drug, whatever it is. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be wine. It could be fashion. It could be TV. It could be more. It could be when these things, when these things dominate your life. When they, there's nothing wrong with this stuff. Please hear me. When they dominate your life, Dylan says what? You're going to have to serve somebody. Some, you, you're going to listen. You're going to have to serve somebody. Somebody's going to get served. Whether it be the devil, whether it be the Lord, you're going to have to serve somebody. And, and I think, and I think what the writer of Ecclesiastes is going to show us is we need to draw lines. We need to draw a line in the sand. We need to. And, and how is this played out? How do we, what does Paul do for us here? How do we do this? Do we do it alone? Now listen. Do we do this alone? No, Mary. We do it within the congregational setting. You know, the other day we, you know, we had the Christmas um, dinner that uh, snacks, whatever it was, when everybody came by the house. But that's how they did it in the old, in the New Testament. They met at houses. They congregated with each other. They knew that we were up against, we were like swimming against stream. We need each other. Look what Paul says. He says, and and meeting together in spiritual psalms and hymns and songs. Because Paul knew what we were up against. Always giving thanks for the things uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus. Because we recognize without Christ, we 
We just surrender to, listen, if you don't have Christ, you surrender to time and chance. That's all you surrender to. If you are not a Christian today, all you do is surrender to time and chance. My question is, if you're truly a Christian, Ed, and I'm not saying Ann per se, but if you're truly a Christian, how are you spending your time? How are you making use of your time? Are you buying it back? That's the question. Or is it just Sundays? Is it just Wednesdays? Or is it 24-7? And that's hard, man. Ben, you know that's a challenge. You know it's a challenge. Because the world is so, Jen, the world is so in our face, man. So in our face. And we get distracted by many things. Many things we get distracted by. My challenge for you as we go through this book is continue to read it. It's a, it's a cycle and it goes through and through, but I think the writer of Ecclesiastes is onto something. And I think we need to hear it today. I think with all the technology and all the stuff that goes on, we need to hear this today. We need to challenge our own salvation in light of the vicious cycle of this world. How are we standing up to that? That's the question. Me first, Carolyn. How are we standing up to that? Are we really who we say we are? Because you know what? The world can envelop you. The world can just take, it can just take you out of this. And this is this visual cycle of life that we need to explore together as a family. As a family. Because at the end of the day, time and chance can happen to anybody. At any time. Let's stand up. Again, this is Street Talk Theology. We take theology to the streets. Pastor Dominic Romaldi, hope you enjoyed the second part of our sermon, The Cycles of Life, in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org.